Well, welcome to Bed Bath & Beyond. How can I make your wishes a true desire today? My wishes a true desire? Huh. It's been years since somebody's asked me that. I'm looking for the the uh, the highest thread count uh, available. Um, can you can you direct me to that aisle or? Um, well, we do have Egyptian cotton, which is pretty popular. Uh, what what's uh, what, what 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 are you actually looking for? I mean, thread count is one thing, but what are you trying to achieve? What is your desire? Now, here's the thing. I'm looking for the highest thread count available for my bed sheets. And is there a way that you can also direct me to the lowest thread count available? Because um, I also need to purchase a set of those. I, I, I might what, be confused what's, here. What's a step up from sleeping on hay? Do you guys have that? Is that an aisle here at Bed Bath & Beyond? Well, we do have prickly cotton. Prickly cotton. That sounds perfect. Um, that sounds perfect for my son. Tonight on Two Seas in a Pod. 96.7 on your... Two C's in a pod, 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 two C's just like two C's in a pod, two C's because we're two C's in a pod, two C's just like two C's in a pod, two C's in a pod at gmail.com. Welcome to another week of the show. That's right, another week of the podcast. This is two C's. In a pod, the uh, the podcast that you can find online, hosted by myself, Cameron Osborne. I'm sitting across the way from Cam LeClaire. This is a radio show. Um, you know, we're two friends. We don't get to see each other too much, and uh, it's nice to it's nice to set some time apart every week to really just kind of let go from everything. Let right? go. Let just vent. Um, I pay for therapy from Cam. Um, he records it weekly, and we call it a podcast. That's exactly it. And I don't uh, give money back to uh, back to Cam on the other end. There. Uh, this is a purely one sided counseling session uh that being said reach out to two season a pod at gmail.com do you want live on air counseling with problem with real life problems that you might have uh reach out to two season pod at gmail.com because uh we'll listen speaking of listening i guess this is actually a terrible segue um yeah, no, there's absolutely no segue there. If there's one, th- if there's one thing that this show is known for, it's its segues. Uh, as we know, I like to abruptly cut into something, and Cam, you are a little more subtle, and I like that maybe you took my approach uh, and just d- directly cut to. Well, I was thinking of a way to talk about it, but there was just no clear trend. Because normally I can like look for a word, but that time I wasn't even looking for a word. Hmm. Um, what I was going to say is that I still, you're wearing a basketball jersey today, and I That's have correct. found the per- perfect court in my neighborhood that is hidden from everyone. So hidden from the hidden from the police. Hidden from the police. Yeah. The oh Jesus. We're scared of. So it's that, in that's a park. true. That's true. No sh- no streets around it, and the entryways are pathways in, and you can see about 300 meters down each pathway. So if anyone does come, you think gone. you think you could book it in time. Yeah, right. Hundred percent. Right, because you just bought you just bought a nice pair of Air Jordans. You're moving pretty quickly these days. Nah, man, I'm not a Nike guy. I just got a new pair of Adidas. Adidas guy. Oh shit, you're really drawing the line oh. in the sand right there. Um, yeah. oh, you know, of course, you could have gone with Under Armour. You presumably could have gone. I don't with, think I've ever bought an Under Armour shoe. An Under Armour shoe? 
definitely not. I have an Under Armour. You bought th- you bought those basketball shoes, aren't those Under Armour? Those are Nikes. Oh, those are Kyrie Irving I've- shoes. Uh, do not have. I have an Under Armour shirt and an Under Armour short and an Under Armour tight. Under Armour shorts, yeah. They're, they're great. They kind of feel like the tier three of sports brands. Not even tier three. It's just the four, one that's not expensive or if you go to if you go to sport check looking for some kind of active wear the nike adidas price line price point is up here and under armor always kind of will have that 15 bucks less for the same product does it yeah oftentimes when i go i will find that uh you know the same yeah a pair of tights that might be like $75 at uh you know nike that might be at sport check uh, will probably range for like 45 or 50 uh under armor I, I fuck with Under Armour tights. I do like those. Just in my experience, again, you know, I mean, I mean, it's all pretty arbitrary. Probably, you're paying for the logo, so it all depends what logo you want. Yeah, well, obviously, I want the three stripes. See, obviously, I want that swoosh. Yeah, fuck your swoosh. I guess I'm wearing out of uh, out of my total clothes right now, folks at home. Of course, uh, it's a beautiful day out here. Uh, we might as well just jump straight to some weather and traffic. Weather and traffic is here right now. Weather and traffic don't have a cow. Because it is sunny here downtown uh, in the city of... Uh, what's... what? What is Toronto the city of something? You know, like New uh, York... The New York, city of dreams. The city of dreams here. Toronto, Ontario. It's nice and sunny. I got to enjoy some time on the balcony today, which was a lot, which was fantastic. Of course, folks at home uh, know that I have a balcony. They know that Cam, you have a backyard. Uh, these are just mm-hmm. little personal side notes uh, that we're truly creating for our listeners. And out in the Kitchener way, we have um, almost no traffic because I live in a residential area. Although looking That's true. at a you map, live in a little a cul-de-sac. C- it, it, <laughs> we do see a continued closure, and that is at King Street for the construction of who the hell knows what. Uh, but that's probably going to be delaying us for four to six weeks. But who cares? Because who has anywhere else to go? Looking outside for weather in a different region, sunny as hell, asking for someone to go out and play basketball, even though we're not in tier one yet. And you might. Back to Cam. And you might. And you may and you might play basketball uh, later today. If so, traffic's looking good. Not much on going on. Um, some action outside the apartment today. There were were two police cruisers outside of an apartment that I could see down the street, and then that turned into two cruisers and the cop SUV. Didn't Ooh. see how it all played out, but uh, it was so fairly, fairly early. I think I was out on the balcony coffee. about nine o'clock, nine fifteen. I, you know, it, it was I was paying very, very close attention to hopefully seeing somebody come out in handcuffs or, you know, kicking and screaming, flailing around or something. Never got to see it. Um, I want to see Miranda Wright's r- red. I've, I've always, you know, I know the, the, um, you know, the right to remain silent. Boom. Number one. Uh, mm, anything you, you say right can will be used against you in a court of law. Boom. Two. Three. You have the right you to the attorney. The right to attorney. And then maybe it's kind of like a three... Point two is that if you cannot provide an attorney, uh, the uh, state attorney. will provide one for you. Right, that's kind of like the half I rule. Don't, is the, there any more? Um, it has to be more. I think usually that by that point in the episode of Law and Order, they have cut to a commercial or like cut to the court. Uh, they did. They never get into step four of those Miranda rights. Uh, I'm gonna say there oh, has shit. to be enough. There has there to be at least four. twelve. I'm looking at them right now. Uh, and then... What do we got, Cam? What do we got? Number four. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Actually, that was, we nailed it. If you cannot afford an attorney, you'll be provided for one. And mm-hmm. then the last question is, do you understand the rights I have just read to you? With these rights in mind, do you wish to speak to me? Okay. So we could say maybe there's like six total because like the, do you understand? No, because that counts as one. Oh, you have that's the right all to remain silent. And then you say, will, will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford an attorney, you'll be provided one. Do you understand the rights I've just read to you with these rights? What do you say if you say no? No. Uh, like, like, like if you, like, if you, like, like if you're like, going like, do you through understand the, the list, rights I just said to you, yeah. And they're like, I don't understand number four. <laughs> I like, guess, I guess then you have to re-explain because, uh, explain I think I've, I've seen it. enough, I've seen enough cops in movies and TV to know at least, yeah, the first four of those five rights, but then to also know, I'm fairly certain if you're not read them, then it's a problem for the cops. Yeah. Because it's a whole thing of like you just kind of took someone off the street or out of their home without telling them. um, I don't know why though. And is that a Canada thing? I can I can see you. You have the you have the list of Miranda rights right in front of you. Is that who Um, is Miranda? Do we know? Can we get her on the show? Uh, It'd be fantastic (laughs) to ask this woman. You know how she sort of came up with this list of rights. This is a .org site. Uh, Her police training. I would love to know who is Miranda. Number one. Is it a place? It is it a because of course if I'm gonna come up with a series of rights and you know legislation, I'm gonna name it after myself. Oh boy, there's just so much information. Oh, we got a uh, Patrick Barone. Give us this question: Are are police always required to read the Miranda rights? Miranda rights are not only required when police are questioning you in the context of a criminal investigation and hope to desire to use your statements as evidence against you. Otherwise, Miranda right doesn't apply, and they're not required to be read. So they're only required when they're questioning you. And only required when they're questioning you, folks. Welcome back to another little sidestep to Criminal Corner here where we talk about the law. Uh, myself, Cameron Osborne, I have an arts degree. Uh, Cam Claire over there, you have a business degree. Uh, so maybe we can put our two kind of minds together and really focus it's the buddy on... the cop no one, ex- no one Really focus on the law and order aspect of this. Yes, we. Yes, this is the buddy cop movie that you were waiting for. Step over, Beverly Do you Beverly have, do you have legal cop. problems that you don't know how to deal with? Maybe a cop beat you down, spit in your face. Jesus Maybe you got that parking ticket that you're trying to run out or that social distancing fine that you don't plan to pay. Call us live on the podcast. Two season a pod. Law firm. <laughs> buddy cop. <laughs> At gmail.com. <laughs> Uh, that's right. That's right. Part, we'll though. settle. We'll settle some of those legal disputes, Cam. Easy. I've never. I've never been in a legal dispute myself. Um, short of a parking ticket, which I don't know. Did know. you fight? A, did you fight a parking ticket? No, because I think the I've gotten maybe two, one or two in my lifetime, and I was a hundred percent. You know, it was parked at. You could only park until one a.m., and my car was there at three a.m. You know, it was. I think every time I've been in the wrong. Uh. Before I ask any more questions, you do have the right to remain silent. I do have the right and to remain you silent. And will be held to get a content. Um, uh, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I have the right to, uh, I, have the, I have the right to the yeah. attorney, of course. If, yeah, I, if right I can't the provide attorney, an attorney, the state will provide, provide one for me. Right. For me, yes. Um, do you of understand course, these rights that I just written to you? I understand these rights, of course, here at the Two Seasons Pod podcast. We are just flush with cash. And um, so I can certainly answer a lawyer of my own. Sorry, what was that last question of yours? Do you wish to talk to me? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, what were you doing out at 3 a.m.? Um, that's a good question. Um, I probably would have been like sleeping. It would have been a my car was parked overnight. You know, you get the ticket when the guy comes by. 
you don't realize until the next morning. You know, that's a pretty normal ticket cause. It's funny you mentioned that because I did speak with your roommate and mm-hmm. he said you weren't home. Where were you that night in question? That night in question, oh God, uh, um, it was approximately two and a half months ago. I think it was a uh, it was a cold late February evening. How well do you know Hillary Clinton? Uh, not well at all, actually. Not well. Um, she did send me so an email. So you do know her in some capacity. Uh, yeah, she sent me an email one time, uh, which I thought was weird because it was from like Hillary dot Clinton at gmail dot com. I just assumed she would have had a different kind of suffix, but she sent it to me, and uh, I, I sure as hell believed it was her. Speaking of emails, I was looking through my spam box the other day. Always, um, always, always a good place to look, folks at home. Because oh. I, I get, I got a lot of shit, and I never know if it's gonna be like real stuff that comes in that just hits the spam. You got to okay. check it every now and then. Of course, you got to check it every now and then because you also never know uh, how you like who will be reaching out to you again. Like you know, mm-hmm. listeners of the show. You know, uh, a few weeks ago we spoke to Miss Felicia Saitoti, someone who reached out to us through our spam folder. Um, <laughs> somebody like, of course, Sophia Lucas, uh, who you can remember donated very generously to the podcast because she was passing away from cancer. Again, we found these these incredibly generous people reaching out to us through our spam folder. The one that I found, it's um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you've ever gotten this, but it the name listed as the our CEO's name, and it'll be like, hey Cam, I'm in a meeting right now. Can you or can I call you real quick? What's your cell phone number? And Wait, with it. with with your boss's name on it? Yeah, well, no, like the CEO of our company, so it'll say his name. Yeah, but then it like automatically goes to spam because like they just know something's fishy about it. That's crazy um, that somebody's out there making an email account. Like with well, I like, think it's like an automated thing. Okay. Just so like, they, like I'll see s- if I can find one right now. <laughs> they search a bunch of CEOs' names and then just make yeah. their email addresses. Well, the the thing is like the name is the same as my CEOs, but the email address is campus anomac one at gmail dot com. So you know it's not him. Um. Also, because just like, CEOs don't have at gmail.com as yeah. their uh, as their. But like, I, I realized that same person emailed me three times, and every time, like, what's your phone number? I'm like, why do they want it on my phone number? Yeah. That, oh, uh, I know why now. Sounds like a scam. I know why. <laughs> why? Yeah, but like, what do you what do you do with the phone number? Because um, a lot of people use their uh, secondary verification as their phone number, and yeah. they like text you, right? That's a good so that's, point. That's a good point. <laughs> Looking for other advice on how to solve these legal, legal mysteries? Two Season a Pod, your of course. trusted legal attorney. Your trusted attorneys here over at Two Season a Pod, um, which is fantastic. I'm glad we could take some time out of our day to really help some other people with uh, some of those legal problems they might be having. Speaking of legal problems, we both watched a movie this week about people with legal problems, and that was Con Air. I also don't like about it is that this was uh, this was fantastic. Of course, no, never seen it. Never seen it. I, I I I love what you're doing. Wow. I like that. Okay, so I got a few things. Yeah, I don't think we have time to do this. Convict air. Convict air. That's right, Cam. We are on our God. This has to be our second movie review. And Cam, oh, we got some notes. All right. 
We, we got, got some oh notes. Oh my god. We this, got this some one. notes. Uh, Cam, of course, um, we were looking for a movie to watch and I, uh, what? I didn't know what you set me up for. Here. I got, I got to be really I, didn't because I need to be honest. I had some ulterior motives, Cameron, um, because I haven't watched this movie in a couple years. So I wanted to rewatch it and thought to myself, uh, what no better opportunity to rewatch it with one of my best friends, uh, Cam LeClaire. And of course you got the opportunity to watch it too. We watched Con Air, the Jerry Bruckheimer explosion masterpiece from 1997. So, as a quick quick overhaul, so you guys know what we're talking about here. The movie is a Nicolas Cage um, where he goes to jail for accidentally killing someone in a bar fight after, I think he someone spoke down to his woman or something like that. So, this is fantastic, um, of course. So, then, we meet, so, we meet Nicolas Cage, uh, of course, Cameron Poe. Another secretly ulterior motive why we could why I yeah. could pick this film because uh, Cam, you and I associate so much uh, with someone it named felt Cameron. Like they were calling to me yeah. as uh, Cameron, not being the most popular of name or most common of names in the world. I always notice when a character is named Cameron, sure. just as much as probably someone named you know Michael or Andrew notices. I just feel like it happens so much less. For me, it's this and Ferris Bueller's Day Off are kind of like the most well represented Camerons in film. So this is no different. We meet Cameron Poe. Uh, can, can make a quick side note there? <laughs> What's that? Uh, Ferris Bueller, never seen it. There we go. Well, you know, the uh, the the best friend, Ferris Bueller's best friend in the film is named Cameron. Okay. So Got he's it. also like a main character, which just doesn't happen too much. But we do meet this uh, Cameron Poe who recently graduated from uh, from like the army from army training he was a ranger um and uh that's kind of how like the opening credits montage comes up he feels way too old to be graduating from like an army ranger program right I mean, that, sort of, that sort of seems this. like something yeah. you do when you're 19 or 20 uh it sort of seems like nicholas cage is getting on di honorably discharged so he get he's getting honorably discharged on this day uh, to finally go home to his hometown of Mobile, Alabama. Of course, Nicholas Cage Mobile. spent spoke, spent weeks in Alabama trying to perfect this language, and I gotta say, he fucking did it. He perfected this uh, Alabama twang. What do you think? Oh my god! It, as soon as you heard it, you're like, that doesn't sound anything. Like have you been to Alabama? Because I haven't, but I'm pretty sure that's what somebody sure. would sound like from Alabama. It was just, it took away so much from the movie because you're like, this is the most forced sounding fake accent ever. I can't even like repeat it because it was so bad. It's a weird choice to make a character yeah, to give a character an accent when it doesn't really bring anything to the whole plot, maybe making no, him this, add anything uh, to the story. you know, maybe making him this good old American kid. A little more innocent. Uh, maybe yeah. I, do, I don't really know what this goes, but he uh, Poe returns to Mobile, Alabama, to uh, to this bar where his girlfriend, wife Trisha, is working, and immediately. I'd like to point out this is a two-hour movie, and this this takes place 
over quite the beginning of time, like the uh, start of it. This not even that relevant to the plot. So yeah, so no, we're 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 a minute and a half into the movie. Uh, The entire like first sequence is fast tracked in a total of like five or six minutes. Cameron Poe returns and meets his wife, who is pregnant at the time. But uh, this is a Jerry Bruckheimer movie, so even the pregnant women are ripped. She has no. They could have given her a pregnancy suit and they didn't like this this woman was supposedly ready to burst and she had a six-pack i love that i i, I just i love I just, that why waste time with uh pregnancy suits when you can just have hot moms rushing all over the place right so he's yeah, in the bar so they're keep, in the, keep plowing ahead oh we're not, it's not it's not even plowing it's just simple narration you know i mean we're not even we're we are 95 seconds into the movie at this point where these uh these three like hillbilly redneck drunks decide to take it out on on this on on Cameron Poe, right? Because he's an army he vet. He just kind of got out of the military, and you know he's picking with, he's picking with their shit. And eventually, when they're going home at the end of the night in the pouring rain, um, these three guys decide that this is the opportunity to attack Trisha, uh, the bartender, a woman whose name they know, presumably go to this bar often, and they chose like this night to attack her. And, of course, Nicolas Cage, being this army ranger that he is, uh, just runs show and ends up killing the, like, main asshole On accident, though. It's an accident, right? But, you know, as we see through the subsequent events, you know, he's going to court. He might serve 7 to 10. And when he gets to the court, uh, the judge decides that his training is so specialized that he does not fall under the same rules as normal human beings so this is why you need to it was solicit a good lawyer this is why you need a good lawyer as. this lawyer <laughs> comes in like sweating in a terrible suit this guy has no clue what he's doing and he just the first thing we hear this lawyer say is take the plea <laughs> take the plea like this is uh no confidence this man but of course because because Cameron Poe is this uh like worldwide renowned badass um he's legally a weapon which I don't know if that's another law thing that we'll see. We'll see how that uh, kind of plays I mean, in. That's, if that's, that's true. the sixth statement under the Miranda rights. If that's true, that's the sixth part. Oh yeah, and by the way, if you're legally a weapon, none of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, none of none of none of this we counts for you. Any of these questions? Also, so, there's a lot more things that don't apply. So 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 camera gets seven to ten, and uh, in this prison, the credits keep rolling, and it's just this montage of Nicolas Cage uh, working out, reading, sending letters to his daughter, and stuff like that. Nick Cage. I gotta say, looking hunky. Um, ah. I gotta say it. You know, mid this mid nineties Nicholas Cage, this prime of Nicholas Cage. I think he looked a little bizarre. Uh, you that know, he's long got hair, his shol- big forehead, his shoulders. He's got nice. Uh, he's got nice biceps, which really come into weird looking, which dude. really come into play in the uh, in the final scene of this movie. His <sighs> massive biceps, uh, so- which we eventually get there. So he keeps plugging away. He's in jail now. And now, I mean, I, I feel like this part of the movie took way too long, personally. Oh, that was what, what the, the, that five minutes of get, no, getting him to in, jail? Now they're in jail. No, now they're in jail. Uh, a bunch of shit goes on there. But now they have to transport the passengers 
on a plane. It's going to be only convicts on the plane. Right. So they're transferring a bunch of prisoners to a new facility and dropping off a couple in the middle, which happens, by the way. This, like, that isn't crazy. Putting convicts on plane to transfer them to prisons or buses, mm-hmm. whatever, that actually happens all the time. But the man behind all of this is Special Agent uh, Vince Larkin, of course, played by John Cusack in this movie, yes. um, wearing a shirt that's, uh, like, gotta be six sizes too big. I love... <laughs> <laughs> they didn't put any effort into making him look as hunky as Nicolas Cage, but uh, although he is our, although he is like our, our secondary main character for some reason. Now on this plane consists of several levels of criminals, but actually no, pretty much one level of criminal, which is ultra badass, followed by the most badass person in the world, who is what's the what's the guy's name who's uh, who's like chained up and shit and kills kids. Okay, so um, that character comes by later on one of our stops, but on our um, on our first our first little fleet of of bad guys, we have the John Malkovich character playing Cyrus the Virus. We have Ving Rhames as Diamond Dog. We uh, also have Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle is Pinball, this little cracked out uh, like thief guy, and of course a very young looking Danny Trejo, which is pretty funny. Yeah, it, uh, it, I, I was surprised by the all star cast that I it, had. This for is such an all star cast, and uh, and I, I Danny think Danny Trejo pre- <laughs> did not look as good as he has in the past, though. Really, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, he looked fantastic. He was so young. He's he was so young, young but when I, mean, I think he looked it, a little fluffy. Put it that way. He could, I know what a Jack Danny Trejo looks like, and that wasn't him. Oh, you wish he maybe well. That well again, like I you know, like I said before, right? It really elevates how good Nicolas Cage looks because he does look a lot better than all the other <laughs> all the all the other lead male characters in this one. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> so yeah, we we do we do we do get these uh, we do get these oh, intros we of people. About the prison riot. There's a riot. There was a riot. Oh um, yeah, I think it's like he's but he, while he's doing this while he's doing the voiceover monologue of like writing letters to his daughter. Now, there's a riot in the background. Out, and I want to point out in the staying. yeah I want to point out in that riot like how much shenanigans go like the video they show is just of bunk beds all within the hallways. There's fire everywhere. How would they? Have, like, how would you start a I don't fire know. in a I prison have no riot? Idea. Yeah, there's fire everywhere. I'm like, this isn't if I know anything about prison riots. I think I, they maybe took this now off. I've seen a fair amount of prison <laughs> riots in my day. Let me as tell you, as a legal attorney with many criminals, <laughs> I've seen a lot of prison riots. Of course, as the uh, as the as your official attorney podcast radio show, we've yeah. seen our fair yeah, share of shit riot like riot that. Yeah. <laughs> Call so. email to season a pod uh, if you've gotten in any trouble in riots. Um, recently so we do kind of get to a point where we are ready to uh yeah so we're ready to shuttle these this hodgepodge group of characters around we get that classic montage of uh uh, larkin is you know listing off all the shit they've done while the people are showing us how much of a badass they are and we do get this john malkovich's cyrus is like the 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 creme de la creme of the real badass of crazy people these he's 39 years old and he spent about 25 of them uh in prisons which i guess from like 14 on he was uh he's just been he's just institutionalized he's just been institutionalized so we do get on the plane um and uh at one point we find out that the dea has hid somebody else on this plane and given him a gun Although Larkin was very much against giving him a gun, of course, it's not probably a good idea to have guns on a plane. 
Um, I've been on planes, and I've, 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 you there's know. There's always the sign that says no guns allowed. There's always I mean, a sign that says, right when you're walking through customs, the always. little metal, it says no guns, probably. Do you think it says no, I haven't been to an airport in a while. Does it still say no firearms? It, well, or is that uh, you just know, kind of like an that, yeah, yeah, you know thing? that sign that's like, it's like no firearms, no toxic weapons, and no water bottles that are filled up. Yeah, and you you're would, like, great, I... <laughs> Because see the water bottles thing, I get it because may, people yeah. might not be aware of that. But I sure sure shouldn't everybody know at this point. You don't need to bring a gun on a plane. But this, I also uh, like how there's the no smoking sign on all airplanes. Still, of You're course, like, it's we still really gotta update this. It's almost as though like they couldn't afford to replace the little overhead light. It was like ah oh, shit. Well, to replace all of that, like did the no smoking sign on all the planes, my, it would cost uh, too much money. Yeah, my I think it was my uncle or something was telling me a story about how he was sitting beside this lady. Um. And she was like, just old, and she was like quiet the whole time. And just, then, as soon as they were about to land, she just pulls out a cigarette and lights it. And he's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> and that's like, sick. That is yeah. so cool. And she's like, "What? You can't smoke on here anymore." It's like Jesus Christ! Like, did you not see the sign? They still haven't taken it off. See, I maybe you know you're older, you can get away with that kind of stuff. You're at a restaurant, and then suddenly you start smoking. You're like, oh, I thought this was the smoking section. <laughs> you wait for the waiter to tell you, oh no, there's no smoking or non-smoke. It's just all non-smoking you're sections. Eighty like percent through your cigarette. You're like, yeah, we both. Which know, also, like- by the way, if you're old like today. You you still presumably would have been kind of like relevant and with it when they did ban cigarettes. Like that was twenty years ago, uh, yeah. that they kind of you know at least twenty years ago that they kind of made that happen. So you would have been when like I when 60? I used to work um, selling office supplies, I'd go to people's doors like businesses and uh, chat with them. There was a few that were still ripping darts inside, like smaller place where they're like no one's ever gonna come by here. Um, and you just walk in, you're like, Oof, like there's a well, yeah, I um the I think you know like you just said office, but certainly the if you're working in a garage or uh, anything kind of like that where there is kind of like machines and stuff, that's I think probably fairly common too for people even smoke more, even more dangerous though even more or even more dangerous. Yeah, I've I've uh, I've hacked a dart filling a lawnmower with gas before. Yeah, that's of a, course, and, and we're that's still just, here today. That's just called being cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. That's that's all that that is. Um, we cut back to Con Air, of course. Con John Air. Uh, Cyrus very perfectly opens that up too. As soon as you know, because um, shit starts to go down because the pinball character Cyrus and Diamond Dog have all hid uh, like fucking pieces of metal in their hands so they can rip it out and they can uh, jimmy the lock on their restraints. Of course, they get out. All hell breaks loose. This. DEA agent eventually has his gun up. He's ready to stop Cyrus, who's the man with the only other gun on the plane. Of course, he broke into the pilot's little office. What, what do they call that? The cockpit? <laughs> no, uh, they call cockpit, it the, yeah. no, they call it the pilot's office. Uh, it's where he gets all his work done. Now, this is also when uh, I think it's Cyrus goes in the pilot's office and or the pilot's cockpit. The pilot's office. Yep, it's where he gets all the work done. Whatever he says to him, but then they contact they contact headquarters, and the pilot's like, "Everything's fine." Yes, like doesn't it was, mention a damn word. It was the threat with the gun in your face. You know, it was the "Don't tell them anything, or I'll blow your brains out." Of course, shit starts to go right, sideways. But, this, mm-hmm, of course, you? but the, maybe you can do that once he leaves. Maybe you can be like, "Hey, he- heads up." Uh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> 
heads up. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure they, I'm sure they would have stopped him there. When uh, when shit starts going down, this DEA agent has like uh, has a hostage. John Malkovich has his own hostage, and they're both just kind of in this Mexican standoff. Of course, it does not end well for our DEA friend who ends up getting shot down directly in front of Cameron Poe, who has zero reaction, by the way. Um, no, to just see he, he, a man got shot in front of him for the he and he hasn't seen a person dead in seven years since he killed his last mm -hmm. man and right. uh i love it when you're when your action star is just not phased by like tertiary characters deaths it's only no, somebody close him. to him who he would actually get sad for right these are right? just people the, because remember bodies. cameron is getting out of prison today it's his daughter's birthday she's seven or six or something like that so he doesn't really care about these about these convicts doing badass shit because he's getting out already. He just kind of wants to uh, hold base. But we do have to let off our first crop of people. We uh, end up at this like sand. <laughs> we land in a sandstorm, which again, I've never been to a pilot's office. I'm pretty sure that's a terrible time to land a plane. Yeah, also a bad time to land a plane. Also, the whole plan would fail if there wasn't a sandstorm. Or it would have been a lot more difficult because they needed to kind of like, while pretending to be cops, give mm -hmm. over prisoners who were the actual cops and yeah. then take new prisoners in. And uh, in one, one of the new prisoners that we do get is Steve Buscemi's character, Garland Green, who uh, comes in the full like Hannibal Lecter gear. His, yeah. his hands are restrained. His mouth is restrained. We don't really know what he did, but he did massacre 30 people. And he wore. A I woman. thought it was a reference that he killed kids. I don't. They don't. I don't remember them saying. I don't. They I think did, it was implied. Wasn't it? It was. It was odd because he did. He does later on say that he wore a woman's head as a hat through as, three straights. As a hat. And which, I, how do you do that? I, I, for, I think. No. I think it was a woman's. Uh, this, I, I did think about this, Cam. If you wanted to wear a woman's head as a ha hat, you would need the woman to have long enough hair that you could tie the hair around your chin like a chin strap. Mm, I'm glad you thought about this. I did think about. This because um, just logically, you know, was, would he be holding it on with one hand and trying to drive the car? That would be a whole thing. Um, but he did, in that point, say women and not uh, a child's hair. Point. So I kind of thought to my or a childhood. So I kind of thought to myself, maybe he's just this freak. And we also get um, uh, Swamp Thing. We also get Earl Swamp Thing Williams coming in as our backup pilot. Cam, uh, this is who I would play. If I was in the movie, um, I'd be Swamp Thing. I'd be the pilot. I'd kind of have like a couple good lines in there. Uh, still important enough to the plot without being, you know, doing so much of the legwork. And I would probably last a fair amount of the movie. So um, just personally, I think this would be me. He had great, uh, he had great mutton chops on there too. It's important for your Vietnam pilot to have uh, to have cool mutton chops. So at this point no. now we've uh, we've done the transfer. We're we're all good. We've we've got the bad guys in the plane. Uh, we've, we're taking off again. All hell is broken loose. Um, <laughs> at every moment, all hell is broken loose. Before we take I, I, off, we uh, yeah. um, so Swamp Thing figure you got to take out like the kind of the tracker, and he takes it out and leaves it in another plane. You know, and Pinball puts oh, it in another plane. Box. Yeah, the black box. Right. Um, so they can't be tracked, which I guess makes sense. Also. Yeah, I guess it makes sense, but also I don't think that's how black boxes work. But I, I, but then again, I don't know how this. Again, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how this shit works. 
far as I'm concerned, Jerry Bruckheimer knows what he's doing, and that's why um, that's why I just kind of believed him. It's fair. Now, is this the point where or, I'm trying to remember? What at what point are the authorities brought and involved on the? What's it called? Because there's a really great line where they say like. Basically, there's the headquarters that are having the call with them, and they're like, what's the plan for this? What's the protocol for when these crooks hijack a plane? And they're like, we don't have a plan for this. Which is like, isn't that the first thing you, like, the after making sure the plane is fueled, what's the protocol of these criminals, which we have on plane, take over the plane? Yeah, they certainly didn't have a backup plan. Zero. Um, Zero again, so plan. at this point... um. At this point, we're kind of like 50 minutes into the movie, and Larkin has done nothing that resembles competency at all. Again, like, this is his ship, or this is his plane, he's flying prisoners around, this is very much on him, he doesn't have the backup plan for what to happen when shit goes awry. No. Uh, it's great when, yeah, one of your other lead characters really, truly does nothing, you know, for a big part of the movie. Yeah, it's, I mean, at this point, I, I was... I think I was a little disappointed. That this is the movie that you choose because I, I really had no idea what was coming my way. Exactly, and you I have no you have no yeah. clue what's about to happen, right? Like we've already had this much action. We know, know more. Has... We know more action has to ensue. I mean, we're on a giant fucking plane. Do we think this is going to land nicely and simply? How many plane movies had have ended with like yeah, a very calm? I very don't remember nice... on a plane, but it might have ended that way. Uh, neither do I. Huh. Air Force One landed in a crash. Flight was a crash. That Sully movie was a what crash. About Top Gun? Top Gun probably a crash. Um, I think uh, Goose got shot down. Uh, but I think Tom Cruise, I think Maverick or whatever his name was, kept uh, kept landing the plane. Um, I don't really know any other plane movies. <laughs> um, uh, we've got uh, the one with Jodie Foster. Where she doesn't know where her kid is, and then the whole thing's like, did she see well, when you're when you're I'm up alone? at when you're up at thirty thousand feet, the stakes are just so much higher. I love plane movies. Uh, I can I can see how people would feel like three. I can see how people would feel claustrophobic watching a plane movie because you know there is you know very little set around like outside of that. But with the it's stakes also cheap so to make. With the stakes so high, oh, you need you need uh, I guess you need a you know you just you just need a cock or a pi pilot's office. That's all you need. You just need a fake plane. That's it. Or a real plane. I, I mean, don't know. that might be even cheaper. Yeah, just <laughs> the real plane might be less. What's expensive. cheaper, renting a plane for like a month or probably building a fake plane? Let us know. Two season a pod at gmail dot com. <laughs> so by this point, we're back up in the air, but the cops know because Larkin does his first competent thing, which is like he, he, he discovers the decoder sort of using to communicate with uh, Cyrus's character about how Cyrus and co plan to escape from all this. Yeah, I mean, I can't even say that I'm fully locked in at this point. I think this point I'm like half in, half out of the movie. Oh, see, yeah, this is, yeah, he actually figures something out for the first time, yeah. So, we're like I said, we're an hour in, and he just kind of did something it, good for it's us. It's a two-hour movie, and it could have yeah. been 45 minutes. 
Oh, this thing, oh, this thing fly, feels like 45 minutes. This thing sure as hell flies by. Um, we do, uh, Cameron has to go down to the, like, undercarriage because he has to clean out the uh, landing gear because it's stuck for some reason. Turns out it's stuck with Pinball, who wasn't able to make it back on the plane. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you noticed that scene, too. They did a really shitty job of, like, making a fake Pinball. If you that, looked at the model of him, it was, like, kind of just looked like a claymation of the pinball. fake body yeah the fake body well that's him well cam i think mean, i think that's one of those things like you need to you need to contextually put this in 1997 right it's not even that long ago uh well uh, from uh from a movie tech point of view is it um it sure as hell seems like a long time ago right i don't know i don't mm. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a movie guy yeah, well, I mean, it's um, you know mid mid to late '90s thing. Yeah, you're gonna have it's gonna be a prop body. It's not gonna be a something else kind of body because we do see a dead pinball, uh, which we do have, which Cameron has to throw out of the plane to get the landing gear up. But he is able to write down a note on pinball's uh, shirt for Larkin, telling him to meet them at Lerner Air Force Base, which is an abandoned uh, like uh, plane graveyard. Uh, just kind of air, like small plane airstrip in the middle of the desert. Yes, and that's where all hell breaks loose for the fourth time. For the fourth time, all hell breaks loose. Um, uh, Cameron is joined by another one of the bad guys who figures out that Cameron is a liar. And then they have one of my favorite fight scenes out there because they're crouched over and on their knees. I can't think of a single other fight scene in any other movie where the characters are bent over so much because they're hiding under a plane. Uh, that's super cool. That was super cool to me. Yeah, I mean, ends up, and uh, bad, bad, Batty, of course, ends up getting stabbed like in the ass. It kind of looked like there's, there's, like, there's, there's like poke sticking out, and he kind of like ends up sitting on it, and then uh, and then that happens. You know, the plane kind of ends up making this uh, emergency landing down uh, at the Learner Strip, where but nobody knows they're it here. Seems yet. like there's also a, there's also feels like there's a sandstorm there as well, so it's continuing with that theme. Well, Thank we're God middle of the, we're middle of the desert. There's sandstorms. Yeah, there's probably sandstorms. Say, all there's not always the a sandstorm, but if we're gonna stick with the continuity theme of there's going to be a sandstorm at the other airport which causes all the conundrum which allows for the criminals to get onto the plane and for the hot swap of the police officers we better have the sandstorm at the next airport that we're going to be at because of course nobody uh, larkin's the only person that knows that we're at this other airport or at this other landing strip because the dea the uh the dumbass dea agent and the rest of the cops are following the black box which is actually in a whole different plane so they're just like f f following a family tour plane and not actually doing anything? Yeah, as per usual in these movies, the cops aren't very diligent. So Larkin, in some movies. So Larkin ends up making his way to the uh, airstrip where Con Air is. He hides the car. Nobody knows he's there. And we get 74 minutes into the movie before. Again, my point. Way too long of a movie. No, this is great. This is great. We're so far into the movie and the two main characters just met. Um, I think that's cool. Uh, I think that's kind of fun when that does happen. I mean, we always meet main characters right off the bat. You'll meet kind of like the background character, maybe in the second act of something. Uh, but these are like two huge stars, then the stars of the film, and it takes us so long before they're actually in the same room together. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, keep keep it rolling here, buddy. Let's let's. I want to hear your critical analysis of this. I can't say that at this point I was paying the most attention to the movie. I had multiple things going on at this well, point. Well, of course. But. The plane was down on the ground. Plane movies aren't as fun when the plane's on the ground because we got to get this well, baby up. Well, I thought, okay, I did catch this point. This we got to get this fun. baby up in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get this baby up in the sky. But now there's a gunfight. Now the big guns come out. Yes, because there are like actual guns in a compartment like that you have to access from being outside the plane, which is why Cyrus didn't have the guns when he was inside the plane. They are able to actually access this stuff where Larkin, now Larkin and Cameron are working together to take them down, but Cameron or Cyrus does Cyrus thinks Cameron's a nice guy or working alongside them. And it's a full stock of M16 rifles for you gun nuts out there. Yeah, and one of those um, ones that fires like little grenades. One of those type of things. Noob tubes. I think, uh, what are they called? Noob tubes and cod, at least we call them. Noob tubes, of course. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what Diamond Dog has for a couple points. So they have this plan to take out the cops who are coming in uh, to find Con Air, because eventually the cops will kind of turn around. And now this is great, because there's miles of desert in every direction, and the police choose to come down the only bottleneck for miles. Uh, leading them straight to Con Air instead of having this right, plan of right maybe going around. They just go straight through this little one by one. Everyone's moving four miles per hour. And uh, this is where our first like gun scene gets in. Our first like real explosion scene uh, comes up, which is... Uh, so they, which they, is come, they come down right down, right down... Um, right down Main right Street. Right down the center line here. Yep. And a few of them are killed, but Larkin makes a very clever ploy and grabs a bulldozer. To defend some of these. Yes, of course. Uh, so <clears throat> so Larkin, our fairly incompetent uh, member of the correctional the he, correctional he, he system. Pull, he, pull, he pulls this out of his ass. At two, on two separate occasions, the camera pans up from him wearing socks with sandals. I don't know if you caught those two. Like, I the guy's did notice just, that. The guy's just a fucking dweeb, but he's pulling it out. He's pulling it out Do you think in that, the end That here. must have been intentional. Uh, probably so this movie apparently was being uh, there were slight rewrites were happening every single day um, on set they would rewrite some certain things to do just with lines or what certain characters were doing at a certain time so this maybe seems like one of those things that in an earlier draft uh, he was meant to be far dweebier than he actually was and then he kind of maybe ended up turning into this badass because he's riding a motorcycle in socks and Birkenstocks yeah, maybe they just took that shot like weeks and weeks before. They're like, ah, we- just throw it in here. I don't <laughs> and know. Then, and then he may end, end up kind of throwing it in there because he's still welling, doing it. While all of this is happening, uh, Gerald Green, our like, kind of sociopath killer, has m- m- has walked over to this uh, trailer park area where this little girl is playing. Uh, like uh, she's having t- uh, like a tea time party playing uh, in an empty pool. Yes. Yes. Uh, so I guess people still live. People live on Lerner Air Force Base airstrip. Why? I guess. She, why? Why was she there? I don't know. Was I, I guess it a hallucination? I, I guess she lives there. That's. I thought the same thing too. Of course, because Gerald Green, he has no clue what to do, and you see it in his eyes that he wants to kill her. And um, that's where I think that possibly he was a child killer. 
you know, and it's, you know, kind of meant to play that way. Of course, Steve Buscemi, top of the game at this time too, right? I mean, Reservoir Dogs was the year before. Fargo was the year before. So he is, he is well-liked. So we had, we, we had to get him in some kind of creepy plot because eventually we come back to the little area where they were playing and neither of them are there. The teacup's broken. So you're just thinking to yourself, he fucked her. Are they fucking right now? Are they intentionally left vague? Intentionally. Are they fucking right now? I probably don't think they're fucking because um, eventually the police, like we were saying, they're just getting the shit kicked out of them. We do get the plane back up in the air. Gerald Green's on the plane, and um, or sorry, Garland Green, sorry, is on the plane, and the little girl's waving at him. So uh, I'm gonna assume they didn't fuck, or they did fuck, and she was just thanking him for it. Who knows? We'll we'll never find that out. Intentionally left vague. Yeah, but certainly not a certainly not a figment of his imagination. I wouldn't say. I don't know because because she was there at the end. I don't think they would have given her a thing like waving goodbye. You said this thing changed plots every day, and I'm gonna say that was not. That could have been someone just changing the script, and being like, "Let's throw them right off our scent here." Of course, well, you know, anytime, uh, anytime a movie rolls around like this, it could always be a uh, a Jacob's Ladder type situation. Of course, uh, I have seen that one. I exactly I, like you know didn't yeah. yeah you know like this could whole this is whole he, thing could be a Nicholas. Dream? This whole yeah. thing could all be uh, he's been dead the whole time, uh, but we don't oh, know because because oh, we're back we're b- we're back up in the air and through um, Cameron Poe tried to like stop the uh, tried to stop the plane from kind of he was kind of tied it down but the rope obviously broke and the hook grabs the shitty DEA agent's beautiful new Corvette. And he just like swings it through the air, which is so cool. It's always fun to see nice cars uh, get destroyed. Slang. Get to, like seeing a cop car get destroyed. We've seen that. Seeing a taxi cab get destroyed. We've all seen that. But like seeing like a very, very, very nice two door Corvette just uh, slam through this like wood shack is always going to be fun. So we gotta keep plowing ahead we're like 50 minutes into this podcast here i know it's a two-hour movie but yeah we're we're about we're about we're about halfway through this uh we're about halfway through this cam um (laughs) so 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 yeah so we're flying and um so by now the entire plan has gone awry because at the air force base cameron dealt with the people who were supposed to pick up cyrus and now we're just trying to fly away um, because we need to fucking get away. So now, what? I don't know the geography. Do we need, do we of, need a summary for the listeners at home of everything that's gone on so far? Just quick, quick, quick summary here. This is so the su- this is the quick summary. But this, this is, is the summary. This summary's been going on for forty minutes. Because we're summary. because we're surmising. So, uh, I guess it is a forty-two-hour movie. Um, I wish it was quick. forty-two hours. Oh my god. <laughs> Really oh, I like wish. Movie, eh? I fucking love this movie. Um, so I so about this point, yeah, I don't know my geography that well in southwestern uh, United States, but I guess this Air Force Base in California is contains some sort of proximity to Las Vegas. Yes. Um, because we are like uh, running out of gas on this now thing. Going to the strip. We're running out of gas on this thing, and we could. Uh, we can't quite make it to the airstrip just outside Las Vegas, so I think 
uh, Swamp Thing deduces that we need to stop this thing. Uh, and of course, it's going to come down right on the Las Vegas Strip. Yes. I mean, if you've ever been to Las Vegas, the International Airport is very close to the Strip. Like Very, very, very close. close. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so, of course, so we start the crashing, Cam, and this is where this film truly uh, comes apart. The amount of unnecessary civilian casualties. As soon as there's unnecessary civilian casualties in a movie, I'm drawn in. That's something they never address in the Avengers-type movies. They're destroying New York City, destroying this place, this place. No, but no They're one ever They're never talking dies. about the sure numbers of people. We crashed this massive, massive cargo con air straight down the middle of the strip. We took out the, uh, the Hard Rock Cafe hotel. Um, we're taking shit out left, right, and center. We are killing so many people. Easily the biggest tragedy Easily. ever. Easily the biggest tragedy. And by the way, keep in mind, this is all of this is on John Cusack. This is all on Larkin. Uh, it's his plane. He was in charge of the transfer. He didn't have the backup plan for what to do when uh, when this was happening. This is all on Larkin, all of these people's deaths, um, of course, and then we uh, we crash the plane, and it almost feels like the movie's over, of course. Uh, the, some of the prisoners are getting tended to, you know, are getting kind of locked away. Um, Cameron cannot, is here. Cannot forget and, the great scene where there's the, uh, actually, continue. Well, well, no, all, all, all I was going to say was because now it sort of seems like we've taken a bit of a rest because we've contacted Cameron's wife and his daughter and they are en route to Vegas for some reason uh, to meet him as he gets out, right? So he, so uh, Cameron comes out and he's all bloody, he's sweaty, he's dirty, and he still has the gift he wants to give to his little daughter. Um, and they get to meet for the first time. You've, there was a very important, not important, but great cinematic moment where once they crash the plane, the propeller flies off the plane, hits a building, then flies back across right yes. in front of Cameron. And it was, it's between it was Cameron right? and Cyrus. It goes like right yeah. between them. Right. Which is as super cool. Fighting, goes right through the plane as, Cyrus, as do propellers. And Cyrus is, Cyrus is getting away, and we don't know. Uh, Larkin has a great line here where he says uh, he's calling ahead to the Las Vegas Police Department, and he says, we're going to need police cars and fire engines. Uh, I always just thought they were called fire trucks, um, fire but engines. not in this fire case, truck of course. Is, um, uh, is, is uh, copyright. Different. Right, yeah, the term fire truck is you can't say that, because uh, this is a Disney movie. We all know Universal owns fire trucks. Right. As we Dang. all know. As, as we all know, like, anyway, Cyrus is getting away on one of these, affirm uh, you know, previously mentioned fire engines, of as course. As well as Diamond Dog and Swamp Thing. As well as Diamond Dog and Swamp Thing. Again, um, Cam, are any of these characters resonating with you? Who would you play if you were in this movie? Uh, I'm definitely more of a Johnny 23 type character. Eh, gross. Gross. Um, I'm sure our hordes of female listeners will... Uh, probably not take time to watch this movie so they won't understand what that means they might just think it's a michael jordan thing because uh, <laughs> you're uh because 23 baby so end up, we end up so of course we had the time we've had plane chases we had plane crashes we had gun uh fights we had um it really seems like the only thing we're missing here is a car chase so we get it 
We get it, of course. We, we have it. Larkin and Cameron hopping on these. Uh, Larkin's still in his uh, Birkenstocks and socks. Uh, he's still wearing them, by the way. Um, they hop on these police bikes, and they end up going after uh, um, Swamp Thing, Diamond Dog, and Cyrus as they're on this. Uh, and we end up getting this incredible fight where uh, he, um, Cyrus is on top of the fire truck, and Cameron is underneath it just kind of doing chin-ups on the ladder on the fire truck and it's huge he's just essentially it, it was like a 45 second scene of him doing chin-ups while slightly moving around uh nicholas cage looks great like i just said he's got the wife beater or the a-frame tank top whatever you want to call it um, A-frame tank top. i've never heard that term yeah a-framed undershirt i guess would probably be the more appropriate what's that mean i think it's what you call a wife beater they're not actually called wife beaters. Like I know, I've just never the heard the style that of sh the style of shirt. I believe has a name, and I believe it's are they just called sleeveless? I don't sleeveless think. So. I don't know. I don't know. For, for, for whatever Square. reason, it's the only look that he's got. This whole movie, this this Nathan undershirt, this undershirt, his uh, you know, his nice like lightly washed blue jeans. Great look, by the way. Yeah. They made him, I, I mean, I really can't say enough of that. Anyways, we do get to a point uh, because because the movie the movie does have to come to an end. What's happening when the good guys are fighting the bad guys? Of course, the good guys are going to take it. Um, the fire truck ends up crashing into like a Brinks truck, so money's going everywhere. And um, Cyrus ends up like getting launched and falling off into a construction site. Where all it's nighttime and they're still kind of crushing rocks for some reason. I guess they need to crush rocks at construction sites. Cyrus ends up with his head directly under this uh, rock crusher. He doesn't have the strength to move. Now, uh, I did read this uh, about the film in post in production. They are actually considering doing the climatic finale at the White House, not the Las Vegas Strip, but they wanted the the dichotomy of convicts cashing in, and that was their dichotomy. 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 Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, either 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 location would have been either location would have been a lot of fun uh, for that. I but, think you the know, White I'm, House would have been more fun, and if you could get the president in there at some point, being like, I, "Oh, what? I would God's also name is going on." <laughs> what president? What what president? Reagan. Is that? President Reagan. <laughs> yeah, okay, Ray. Yeah, it's going to be Reagan. Um, I would also like to point out if we are exploring potential Jacob's Ladder type situations. Um, the the way that uh, Cyrus dies in the end with that rock crusher is oddly similar to the background of the opening scene where Cameron kills the guy. There is a construction scene in the background. Possibly the last thing he saw before he died was the what he envisioned his nemesis dying of. Again, this is oh, purely in Jacob's Ladder type situations. You don't know what that means. Write into the show, twoseasonapod at gmail.com. We will let you know about it, of course, but you know the movie's over. Cameron saved the day. There's only one more thing for, left to happen, which is to finally meet his daughter uh, and see his wife again, see his wife Trisha for the first time in seven years. Um, they're hesitant at first, but then they eventually... Um, Get over that. Everybody's crying. They give each other a hug to the tune of Leanne Rimes' How Do I Live Without You, the song written for the movie. If this didn't put a tear in your eye, you're just quite frankly a robot. And that was our critical analysis. Of and that Con Air. was the movie. Um, 
uh, so much fun, of course. Um, of course, you know it's from 1997. This is a Jerry Bruckheimer movie, so if you if you know, you know. We already knew what was happening. This had a budget of 75 million dollars, and uh, it made and had just, the box office. Uh, it made just over 224 million dollars. It was the 17th highest grossing movie of the year. Uh, number one, of course, being Titanic that grossed 1.8 billion. This is, uh, this did gross more movies than other personal favorites of mine, like Anaconda, Jackie Brown, and Speed 2. Have you seen uh, Anaconda 2? Anaconda 2? Anaconda does. I think it's just plural. Yeah, you pluralize it. Um, and this movie did, uh, it fell three shots short of Face Off, another great, um, uh, another great Nicolas Cage movie again. This was his day and uh, the fifth highest grossing that movie that year was another plane movie Air Force One Of course Because um, yeah, people like planes. seen that one uh, And if you're looking for a complete list of films on the podcast or on the movie send an email to t meals in a to, to, <sighs> What it what are they doing? Send an email to two season pod at gmail.com <laughs> Wait for, for what purpose? What's the purpose for that? For that? Um, if they want a, a complete list of all the different uh, planes used in the flight, of course, because uh, we Larkin isn't a chopper jet at one point. By the way, his he goes from being <laughs> the most incompetent, like kind of like perfect, you know, like cop you know, to driving a Corvette. Like a he he can drive stick very well. He can drive a chopper, like a gunner pilot thing at one point, and then uh, a motorcycle. So he his, his character arc really, uh, really comes around for me. Uh, wow. think, you know, I did not think we, we, our summary would last that long. Um, uh, yeah, it's well, just the, just, just the one the movie, more thing. Now you after, have. Just the one more thing. After Cameron uh, hugs his wife and daughter for the first time ever, and it's so lovely, we cut to a, a, um, a craps table where it comes out that um, Steve Buscemi's character, Green, has he's playing craps. He's kind of gotten out, and he looks. There's a pretty woman beside him uh, looking at him as if, you know, hey, you're making a lot of money, and it's unknown if maybe, you know, he has reformed himself. Or, or if uh, he's going to kill that lady. Or if he's gonna and wear her head, driving As, across through states. I mean, her hair. She was. She her hair was a bob. I don't know if you noticed that. So it wasn't quite long enough to maybe chi- tie the chin strap, but I still think it would have worked. I uh, you know I didn't think about that, but thanks for pointing that out. Yeah, you're welcome, Cam. Uh, I gotta say, I I uh, I love this movie. This is clearly clearly you had very detailed notes. I felt very differently about it. Um. Yeah, that's. I think we'll. I I'll give it a, 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 a Nick Nick Cage four out of twenty. What? What's okay? Uh, then then what's your Nick Cage twenty out of twenty? You gotta you gotta provide the scale. Like is Moonstruck twenty out of twenty? Uh no, that's nine out of eleven. Uh, but then what's the, how does how does this Nicolas Cage scale work? Uh well, it's either six out of nine, four out of twenty, or nine out of eleven. Interesting. It's a very, very specific, very, very specific guideline. Doesn't work in percentages. Uh, hope you enjoyed that, folks. You should definitely watch the movie because, like, it's just fun. It's just it's a movie. Yeah, fun. I can, I can say that it is a movie. You know what, Cam? We were discussing earlier on in the week what movie we should do. I suggested something I that was fun. You suggested something that things that weren't. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I will. Is, I will have a good weekend because uh, I'm going up to the cottage this weekend, and there's a lot of real shitty action movies up there that 
I will uh, I will gladly watch, and you will you will now watch them. Which is perfect because Cam, you know, folks at home, let's know what you what you want to hear on this two season yeah. pod gmail right? I mean, I uh, or if you don't want to hear what, this at all, I I love uh, I love enjoying um, bad movies because you can all have fun. Whereas uh, picking a uh, kind of unanimously good movie would sort of just us be saying like, "Yep, it was good," or. Yep, it was good. And I'm a, real, uh, I'm a real critic. I can figure out everything that's wrong with the movie. But see again, Cam. We're what do you say wrong? We're trying to establish what you mean. Uh, you know, are you are you speak? You, last last week you were speaking purely contextually. Uh, you had yes. problems with uh, like the way that uh, Jack Nicholson turned off uh, one of a t- one of his televisions. You had a problem with that because it was like a mm-hmm. he didn't use the remote. So and then yeah. you had, you had very specific problems. And that's what problems are. They're specific. Right, right, right. Well, yeah, that's one of your biggest problems with Armageddon, right? Was that, uh, like, they went, you know, um, they made it back, which is very Arm- difficult. Well, Armageddon? After, uh, what's Armageddon? You know, one, one where they go to space and there's a problem and they barely make it back? i never seen that movie. Bruce Willis? Nope. Okay, so how do you feel about movies like, uh, like uh, something like Avatar? How do you feel about that? Because uh, they're on a different planet. I mean that is that's that's barely conceivable. Um, how would I how do I feel about no, it's Avatar? It's tough. It's tough. Hey, what about a movie like Superman? You know, uh, the idea of a man with powers beyond our. I guess uh, I guess I just look at those I mean, like. See, I look at those like fun, and they kind of build the plot line around him having these superpowers. But then, if they had a scene where. They're the characters meaning sleep breaking TVs and then obviously has to replace them I'm gonna have a small problem with that right because your problem is is like why would he break a television when he's gonna it have just doesn't to make clean, any sense He's gonna have to clean yeah. it up. It's not like he's, he's gonna made to th- there. He's gonna have to throw it away He's gonna have to go to the mm-hmm. store and buy yeah, a new one. A new why one. would someone yeah, go to so much trouble? Yeah, um, which makes a which makes a good point. See, Cam. flying I'm like, okay, that's in this world But in this world are we also saying there's just an abundance of TVs? Oh, like like a TV overload. Yeah, and I don't think Interesting. so. Interesting. Yeah. So, Interesting. You know, if you're gonna build a world, just just remember make how many TVs. Just clear. remember how. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, how many TVs exist? Right. I, I I hope in the opening credits of any movie they can just kind of briefly, you know, tell us tell us what happens, what exists, what doesn't. Um, you know, does Spotify exist in this uh, in this world? I don't know. Just is let this, me know. Is this kind of a Bing? Do we search with Bing or Google? Yes. Yeah. Well, do we use Google? Do we use Bing? Um, do most people have at live.com accounts instead of at Gmail? I don't know. It would be uh, lovely if things could sort of posit these certain realities. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for tuning into our strictly movie review. Are we even gonna do games, or like we're we're an hour into this? We're an hour in, baby. We can keep going. You know, the radio station ninety six point seven. They've recently given us a little bit of leeway. You know, first we started off, and our show uh, was very strictly uh, sixty three minutes. They would not waver on our show being six three minutes. But lately, you know, we brought in so much, uh, so many new views um, to the radio station. Of course, our corporate office just keeps keeps getting bigger and bigger. They can they say that we can go on for as long as we want. Hmm. All right. Well, let's jump into. Do we want to play both games? Or just one. Cam, I'm gonna let you say something, and then I will follow you blindly. Okay. 
I'm just One waiting sec. for just you to up. say it. I know. I'm so excited. I'm so excited as you're uh, as you're about to say something, Cam. Uh, yeah. Wait. I feel like you're Hold up. I feel like you're searching for something on uh, on your computer, which is which could lead us down a whole new rabbit hole um, of trying to regain your attention. All right. Company sells fake muscles and boobs for people Zoom dates. Headliner <laughs> asinine. Oh, we're playing headliner asinine. Hey. Hey, 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 you want to say it again, Cam? No, I wasn't even. I was. Uh, I was. I wasn't. Uh, I was expecting you to just. You know. Okay. Say it again. Oh. Okay. Company sells fake muscles and boobs for people Zoom dates. <sighs> say what? That doesn't make any sense. Say it again. Company sells fake muscles and boobs for people's Zoom dates. Oh, like you would wear the fake tits. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. You can't I get really it. Tell. How do, you sell, how do you sell fake muscles? I mean, like, because I can understand, you know, putting, you know, you can you can stuff a bra and look slightly differently. You know, you could do that. Um, but how do you make fake muscles? That would be a lot of fun, too, because I think there'd be like you'd have to wear like a skin colored shirt. And then, like, you know, maybe well, you could have like, a little muscle shirt, a little like maybe muscle pockets that would uh, that would hide them in unless it's just a bunch of like silly putty. If this is really just a headline for a company sells silly putty for you to look good, that's something I would believe because I I don't know. I don't think silly putty decomposes. I feel like that's uh that's going to be around for a while. I feel like they made a lot of it, and it's not really going anywhere. That's a headline. That is a headline. I mean, you have it a little bit off. Uh, essentially, it's like the muscle suits, how they look, is just like a full upper body, and it's kind of just like you – it kind of just looks like you have pillows on top of you, but if you put a shirt over top of it, you look a lot more filled out. And for the boobs, it's just it's like a skin tone goes over your boobs, makes them look bigger. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's people are doing this. People are going on Zoom dates. I don't know how I feel about that. Thank God, Cam, we have each other, so we don't need to go on Zoom dates. <laughs> yeah, def- that, that that's a good and I'm point. I'm definitely not wearing. I'm definitely not wearing any fake muscles. I don't. I I just heard about it through like friend. Yes, of buy. course. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't buy any. I know that uh, that three hundred and fifty dollar charge on your credit card was something unrelated, um, but uh, but I did hear about that. Uh, okay, yes. Cam. Here I go. Uh, headliner ass nine. Here you go. Number one. Bigamy is no longer a felony in Utah. Bigamy. So bigamy is being racist, right? Nope. But if you want to believe what, that for the sake of this headline, then sure. What does bigamy mean? Bigamy is when you are already married to somebody and you would like to marry somebody else. Marrying someone no, when you're already married. No, that's not bigamy. That's bigamy. That's not bigamy. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. I mean, I you you can you can Google search the definition I'm to the Googling word. It. I'm telling you, Fuck, or you can right. just believe okay, your damn it, friend. You're right. I know I I'm right. You, I told I, you. I you, okay, no, I was you're, thinking you're, the word. I was thinking bigot. You were thinking bigot, yeah, which I believe is discriminating to somebody against their uh, their sexual orientation. But no, this is bigamy. Oh. Yes. Oh wow, I'm way off on everything. But if you need legal counsel for <laughs> yeah, if you need legal counsel, reach out to cspodgmail.com. Of course, Cam can provide that for you. Uh, he knows his words. I swear he does. 
<laughs> I know his words. He knows um, words. Okay, so of the words you said, could you repeat them? <laughs> uh, would you like me to repeat them in the order in which I initially repeated them, or would you like me to kind of like uh, Yoda the phrase or Tarantino the phrase? I just just feed me something. Bigamy is no longer a felony in Utah. Okay. Uh, so, oh, okay. So bigamy means having more than one marriage. And uh, because in Utah they have that religious group up there that has a lot of polygamy. I know that word. They're, um, oh, almost like the two words could be related. Polygamy. Could be. We're not confirming or denying. Uh, could this be the Charlie's Ladder theory? We'll never know. Um, Jacob's Ladder. No, how could this yeah. get... How could this be a Jacob's You never lawyer? know. You never Your know. Your first wife killed anyway. you and then you envisioned marrying a new one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Um, was it all a dream all along? Who knows? Uh, is this Lost Season 4? Uh, it's a headline. <laughs> this is Lost Season 4, uh, quite frankly, because um, I went to go take a piss and that smoky thing came up to me. That's Season 1. Cam, that's a headline, of course. Um, polygamy has always been practiced in Utah, of course. Um by certain religious groups, but it's always an issue. It's all—it's always been a state issue as to whether or not they can marry. And um, a new law came in decriminalizing uh, decriminalizing bigamy. Of course, for decades, for forty-seven years now, uh, bigamy was a, uh, bigamy. Sorry, was a third-degree felony, punishable with up to five years in prison. Um, and now, just not the case. You know, uh, the practice is no longer illegal under state law however it is still illegal under federal law but i guess uh we'll, we we got to get there but we're still we pushing don't, no one knows how those laws work we're, we're still saying. pushing these laws so um if you're married and you want to get married again um just go straight up to utah go to salt lake city this the the, I the don't salt know I don't, lake it's the city with the salt lake what's the nickname for the salt lake city i'm pretty sure i utah <laughs> no, there's got to be like you know how like Sioux like Toronto is the city of like Toronto is the city of dreams and uh, <laughs> and uh, Philadelphia city of brotherly love. Salt Lake City is the city of salt lakes. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Salt, salty lakes. All yes. right, uh, driver arrested asking after asking border agents if he could buy weed off them. Driver arrested after. Asking border agents if you can buy weed off of them. Um, yeah. Damn, this is just stupid enough to apply. I mean, so if you're coming from the states to Canada, knowing the Canadian weed laws the way that they are, being legal and all, um, maybe you just assume that not everyone, like everyone has it, and every, like everyone has enough to sell. Everyone's got, you know, everyone's kind of got their little scale, their dime bags. They take it to work with them because you never want to know when you're going to sell weed. You never know when someone's going to want weed and you always want to be ready for it, right? If I'm a border agent, that's where I'm going to probably sell my most amount of weed. You can't bring weed into Canada, but you're once you're here, you know, I'll, t- I'll toss you a five chip. No problem. That's a headline. That's a headline. Uh, 29 year old out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, drove into the inspection lane, declared he had marijuana, asked him and asked the border security offer if he could buy marijuana from them. Um, don't know how that's, if that's how that works, Kyle, but um, yeah, you've been arrested for impaired driving, big fella, and that's a headline. Yeah, I don't, um, yeah, because it's still like you can't sell weed, although it is legal to have. It's like you couldn't 
purchase beer and then sell that beer. I'm pretty sure that act right. in, in itself is illegal. It's like unless I can't you, have a gun and sell a gun to you. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I can't. Uh, I can't I, do any of those things. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like Jacob I can't Blatter, do any of those you know? things. Yeah, it's, really I, Jacob it's, a, it's it's extremely it's just Jacob. It, this this is this entire episode has been one Jacob's Ladder type situation where Never our know. listeners, um, you know, passed out. They fell asleep very early on in the episode, and this is just what they've been imagining yeah. has been happening this whole time. Who is, uh, but they're they're who actually asleep. Just like Jacob Slatter. I think it was Tim Robbins, but that has nothing to do with it. Cam headliner Asinine, forget chicken pox parties. Coronavirus parties is the new thing. Ooh, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Because uh, we all know that, um, actually, we don't know all this, and these numbers are definitely not verified, but 50 to 80% of people are asymptomatic. So if you're one of the lucky few and are asymptomatic, but get those antibodies, you'll be laughing all the way to the Mayo Clinic because that's a headline. <laughs> that's ass nine. I made that one up. Fuck. A good I made that one up, but I did want to say, um, folks at home, let us know gmail.com. I both hosted and attended chicken pox parties when I was a young kid. I got it from why, some, what? Why would you do both? Oh, you got because, it then because help. I think okay, I went it. to a party, then got it, and then mm-hmm. when because, of course, that happens, did your parents like five tell you it was a chicken pox party? No. Um, they didn't because I don't like And of course it, uh, people can probably get very, 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 very sick from chicken pox, especially when you get in your life. But I don't recall it as ever being like an illness, like a cold or a flu was, it was just sort of, I had chicken pox. I don't ever remember, uh, maybe, be, maybe being tired or weak or anything like that. And that was always the worst part. It was like, you felt so good, but you couldn't go play with your friends. And I can certainly recall going to a party. Someone has chicken pox. You don't think any. You're five. You don't know anything. Your mom tells you to do something. You don't do understand something. epidemiology at five. You fucking go it. Yeah, exactly. Fucking and pussy. then like next time comes in, and I remember. Uh, I can just remember the one at my house where it was like my mom and uh, it was three other kids from my class. So all the moms were like having wine in the living room while all the uh, all the sons were just kind of like coughing on each other and uh, playing with the same toys to give everyone chicken pox. Yeah, it's such a. It's just such a Jacob's Ladder thing, you know? It's such a Jacob's Ladder type situation. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's, uh, man, it's just, I, it's, you know, you never know. You just never know, like they always say, <laughs> Jacob's Ladder. You never know. You never know. Murder Hornets on the menu. California restaurants offering quirky snack. Hmm. Hornets on the menu. You know what? Um... Uh, for for uh, eating bugs and insects, isn't that crazy? You know, a huge source of protein. People all over the world are eating bugs and insects and stuff. But I gotta think that uh, you know, something with a stinger probably takes a little more time to prepare because you don't want to eat the stinger. That's gonna that's gonna nick you nick you in the mouth. Is it though? It could. You know, I mean, I've, I'm presumably those things are pretty sharp, and you know, you're trying know. to bite. You you could chew down on I a, bee, a bee, and farmer. then eventually, uh, you were you were a bee farmer for approximately seven or eight years. Uh, you were never stung though, which um, no, I was stung like, all the time. No, you were stung all the time. Yes. Interesting, but you kept the job going because the money. Because the sting. No, the stings don't hurt after a while. You get a few stings, and your body gets immune to it. Interesting. It's just like the flu, right? Yeah, like you get the flu shot, 
you get the so antibodies, that, and then and then you're kind of good from all I'm the stuff. Serious. Be, I'm serious. In the spring, you get your first couple bee stings, and then they don't hurt anymore because your body just used to. The, when was like, when was the last time you got a bee sting, Cam? Last time I was working as a bee farmer, which was approximately seven or eight years ago. Yeah, that's been a while. Yeah, I feel like you get. St- I feel. I feel like us normies, you kind of get stung twice. You get like stung once when you're a kid, and then once when you're an adult. And that's uh, that's kind wasp of it. I know things I, hurt like a mother. I know I've been stung, and, and well, like you said, wasp things uh, hurt, and I think hornet stings would hurt the same. So that's why I got to say that's asinine. Damn it! Yeah, you you got me. You caught me in one of my lies. Um, not to say that eating bugs wouldn't be fun. I recall one time as a young child eating a singular ladybug. Um, I remember Gross. like like uh, like I was on my finger and I was like, oh my god, the preciousness of life. And then I just kind of put it in my mouth. Didn't mm. have a taste. I don't really know. The sample size was too small. Let us know. Two gmail.com. What have you eaten today, ever, back then? My brother um, used to eat dog food. I used to eat dog food all the time. Well, that explains a lot. Yeah, yeah, the dry kibble. Yeah, you would, you're, you're, you know, fucking snack on it because you're right beside. It's your dog. It's your buddy. You know, he's eating it. You're so you think to yourself. And by the way, I was a kid when I was doing this. Okay, I stopped eating dog food when I was yeah, like my ass. I remember when you came back last time to my house. Exactly. I, I, Riley's food. I, I went. I, I got straight down on all fours. Of course, as you know, uh, I started panting a little bit. You know, started getting myself in the mood of a dog. Um, to go for before a just. I wanted to go for a walk, of course. Cam, I brought my own leash um, with a little tag of telling me, you know, who to call if I get lost. Uh, Cam, why my up. final headline here? My final headline here for you, headliner asinine: mysterious radio signals from space is repeating every sixteen days. Every six days. Sixteen days. One six. I mean, this is definitely unconventional of you to do a uh, headline like this um, that is a little bit mysterious, a little bit from NASA, never a straight answer. Um, and do I think it's true? Well, I mean, I can't say I can explain what it is. Maybe it's someone trying to send us a podcast. Maybe it's like, I don't know, something to do with it's like it's like a Jacob's Ladder phenomenon. Who knows? Um, I'm going to say it's a headline. You know what? It could be like another 1997 movie, Contact, and they maybe Contact. just want to talk to us, Cam, because that's a headline, of course. Um, radio signals traveling through space are known to repeat. That's not outside the norm, but something crazy has been happening between September 16th of 2018 and uh, September of 2019, of course, where the Canadian Hydrogen Intensity Mapping Experiment... <laughs> Slash fast radio burst project collaboration, very, very wordy marquee, um, has noticed a pattern of radio signals approaching their satellites in bursts that are occurring every 16.35 days. Um, over the course of four days, a signal would release a burst or two each hour, and then it would go silent for another 12 days. And then... In 16 days, we would see another burst for four hours and then silent again. Um, this is a Maybe little it's weird. Avicii doing a big bass drop from the dead. Avicii uh, has been planning on this massive bass drop from another dimension, um, of course, uh, threatening to drop the bass as we know it. Boom. Truly detrimental to uh, to what we could potentially be. Um, just, anyways, this is weird. Um, the it, uh, chime. 
the Chime FRB, of course, the Canadian Hydrogen Intensity Mapping Experiment Fast Burst Radio Project, uh, have noticed through repeating signals they were able to trace it back to a large spiral galaxy, which is approximately 500 million light years away. Um, okay. That's where what they're coming that? from. What, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? I think it means we got to go to this. Uh, we got to go. We got to go take it. That's what we did in contact. That's what we got to do in this one. All right. What should we send them back? Uh, this episode of the podcast, I think. I think so. I think. They'll, um, I think they'll really the- like the in-depth <laughs> analysis of Con Air. What are those called? Um, like the um, time machine. Oh, no. What are they called? When you like uh, time, time capsule, capsule, right? You know, if we are to release our time capsule, it would be our our fantastic new YouTube header photo as well as this episode. Um, and then also a copy of Con Air with our voices I, dubbed over doing the commentary so you can watch it and then hear us. And, and I think it'll be about as long. It might be as long, you know, because like, you know, like we said, if it was, we, 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 oh, I could, we could have talked about Con Air for hours. Wow. Okay. Um, we're, I, that's, that's a podcast. <laughs> that's the <laughs> podcast. Cause Cam called the podcast. That's right, folks. Remember to rate, review, like, and subscribe to the show. Cause we're everywhere. We're on Google play. We're on Apple podcast. We're on Spotify. Remember to listen on YouTube and give us a like, because, uh, I don't know how to get those YouTube numbers up. We're still trying to do that. Um, Cam, any final words you want to say to the folks at home? Uh, never forget Jacob's ladder. Never forget, we could be in a Jacob's Ladder situation. Cam, you take care of yourself, and we'll uh, we'll talk real soon. Continuing tonight on two C's in a pod. Ninety-six point seven on your. Two C's in a pod, 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 two